Hi, my name is Jonathan Alexander, one of the Panthers beat writers here at the Charlotte Observer. And I'm Elena Getzenberg, the other Panthers writer here at the Observer. And this is Panthers Tracks, taking you on and off the field every week for everything you need to know about the team. Today, we're going to talk about what we make of this Panthers team. Because early in the season, it looked like they weren't that they were going to have a long, tough season, perhaps make a bid for the top, top draft pick. But after a big win Sunday, they've got a three and two record and are tied for first place in the NFC South. Then I've got the story on offensive lineman Chris Reed, who began the season on the league's COVID-19 list after testing positive and has worked his way back into the starting lineup. All right, let's start the show. So, Landon, the Panthers have won their last three games, heading into their matchup with the Bears. I know I'm a little surprised, and I'll explain it to you after, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I had them going 4-12, and 12 and they're going to win more than four games. So I'm definitely surprised. I thought the ceiling was five or six wins, and I think they have a very good chance now of surpassing that. The two biggest things to me are the defense just playing – above and beyond what I expected. They're just coming together in a way I didn't think they'd be able to, especially this early in the season. But I think Mike Davis, who I didn't even think was really going to make the roster, how he's been able to fill in for Christian McCaffrey. And they've won three straight without their best, the best player on the team, I think you, I would argue, um, has just been really impressive and just a huge surprise. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Mike Davis has been really good, you know, considering – all that Christian McCaffrey can do in the passing game and catching the ball and running. My biggest surprise, though, was that defense. You know, I thought this defense might be the worst in the league. Uh, I predicted the Panthers would finish 5-11 and 11 because I thought their defense was going to definitely hold them back. But, you know, to me, the defense may have been a little bit better than them. And they're using a lot of new guys, um, four rookies, um, a lot of new faces. I think they only brought back three starters, four starters. I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, when you look at that, that's almost a recipe for a disaster, especially with the new coaching staff and a short offseason. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, the the run defense is actually still an issue, so they're going to have <laughs> to figure that out. But I know, like, I mean, the NFC South is also not what I expected it to be. So I think we're all adjusting our predictions for that as well. I mean, they're tied for the top of the league, of course, with the Saints and the Bucks now. But I mean, if you had told me that in week five, that they'd be tied with the Saints and the Bucks, I would have said you were crazy. So I definitely think we're all kind of taking a look back at what our predictions were this offseason. Yeah, I would have laughed and rolled on the ground had I heard somebody say they'd be three and two at this point. That leads me to my next question, though. Um, and you already said it. Do we start reevaluating the predictions of the Panthers this season? Like I said, I had them five and 11. You had them four and, and 12. Um, what seems realistic now for you? That's a good question. I hadn't really, you know, I think, I think seven to eight wins is kind of where I have them now. I do think everyone needs to remember that the toughest part of their schedule is still to come. They have to play the Packers. They have to play the Chiefs. They have to play the Saints twice. Even if they didn't look great against the Chargers on Monday night, they're still the Saints and Michael Thomas wasn't playing. Um, so I do think, I mean, they have some tough, tough games ahead and a lot of still NFC South games to come. So I'm going to say in the seven to eight range, which is much higher than I would have thought to start the season. And who knows what this offense will look like when Christian comes back, but I'm going to go in the seven to eight win range, which is going to put them in a weird draft spot in like 
not make the playoffs either. So I don't know how I feel about the outcome, but that's kind of where I have them now. I'm thinking around seven, seven and nine. Um, but, you know, the NFC South isn't that good. Um, you know, the Bucks are three and two. You know, Tom Brady can be off sometimes. The Falcons, we can just kind of throw them out the door. Uh, you know, Saints, they just kind of look okay. Um, I mean, I don't know, like seven and nine, eight and eight might win this division. I haven't looked down the uh, Bucks uh, schedule, but, um, you know, they might be competing. You know, Panthers won uh, the division once with the – seven, eight, and one record, I think, or seven and nine records once. It might be possible this year. Uh, there's no tanking for Trevor Lawrence, for sure. I do think, though, there's a possibility we see this at Saints. Like, I know they have looked not so great, especially Drew Brees, but I do think there's a chance we see them pick up some steam and start winning some games. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if the Panthers are able to beat the Saints in either of their matchups, to be honest, um, just because I think that's a much more experienced Saints team. But stranger things have happened. I mean, this Panthers team is already surprising already. But I don't know. I feel like we're, the Saints have, you know, started rough, but I, I see them improving as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas hadn't been healthy all season. Um you know, but Drew Brees does look older to me. The whole team has, in general, looks older to me. And Alvin Kamara has been their, you know, has really been their top option. And I just wonder if that'll come back to hurt them. But, you know, you definitely have a good point. You got to wait to see what happens when you got your best player back on the field. For the Panthers and the Saints. Yeah, definitely. Panthers and the Saints. So, you know, I, I'll be interested to see. I don't know what you think, but I'll be interested to see how, you know, they work that out. The Panthers work that out when, Christian McCaffrey does come back. I know, you know, Matt Rula said, you know, they got to find a way to get Davis in the lineup, and he showed that he deserves playing time for sure. I mean, but how do you split that up? I mean, how do you take Christian off the field when you, um, you know, I, I don't understand how they'll, how they'll do that. I mean, unless they run two running backs in the backfield or split Christian McCaffrey out um, as a fourth wide receiver. Yeah. I do think it's going to be interesting because from my perspective, like you have to play – like you said, like taking Christian off the field is not an option. <laughs> like no. if he's healthy, you're paying the man. You just gave him a four-year, $64 million contract, which was – I mean, he's the highest-paid running back in the NFL. You're not taking him off the field. Like you're just not. So – but you do – Mike Davis has proved he deserves playing time. So it, they're really going to be in a tough spot. And I I think Mike Davis just isn't going to play as much as he should once Christian comes back and – I think maybe they'll do what you said. Like maybe we'll see Christian a lot more as a receiver than we would have otherwise. But or McDavis as a receiver, he's looked, he's had some good catches. So it's gonna be maybe Joe Brady will get super creative and come up with some fun yeah. stuff for them. Yeah, Mike Davis is second on the team in catches. Gosh, you know who expected that? Maybe only Mike Davis. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to our next segment. And you wrote a story about offensive guard Chris Reed, who is a starter, um, but he started the list. He started the season on the COVID nineteen list and was out for about three weeks. Um, you know what? Tell me a little bit about that story. Um, you know how we found out about it, and um, and what you learned. Yeah. So the Panthers. You know, COVID nineteen has really impacted a ton of NFL teams, and the Panthers are knock on wood, knock on all the surfaces because we want everyone to stay as healthy as possible. 
um, really not been as impacted as a lot of other teams we've seen by COVID-19. They've had three players placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, which is basically for someone who either tests positive or has been in very close contact with someone who has. Um, so one of the second player that the Panthers put on was offensive lineman Chris Reed, who, you know, was someone they claimed towards the end of last season and really he's probably going to be a backup on the roster most of Like, but we heard a lot of positives about um, him from Coach Rule during training camp. Um, and then, yeah, he was placed on the list at the end of August. Um, and then he didn't come off for three weeks. So he did test positive for COVID-19, which he's been very open and sharing. And, you know, he made the choice to speak about. Um, and, you know, I think the thing for him was he was surprised he tested positive. It wasn't something that, you know, he was going out a lot or anything like that. Practice and tested positive. And basically, uh, I was a big surprise because I felt normal for about one or two days after. He got steadily kind of increased shortness of breath, and, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a, the worst of it. He has a pregnant wife, and so he had to, he couldn't even stay in his house to make sure. She and the baby were both healthy, so he stayed in a hotel. He quarantined for 10 days. After 10, he wasn't testing positive anymore, but he did have heart inflammation for a week. It was the lingering effect for a week. When I came out of quarantine, I wasn't able to technically work out yet. They eased me back in um, physically because, you know, I'm sitting down and not doing anything for three weeks. Is you know, it has impacts on your cardio system, but it also, you know, soft tissue and stuff that hasn't been working for a while which is why he had to stay on the COVID-19 list for a third week. So I think, you know, it's a really interesting case. He's a, you know, and now he's starting at left guard, but I think it was really interesting to see. It affects people in so many different ways. And he's someone who, you know, had to deal with a variety of symptoms. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, he seemed pretty, you know, sincere about it and talking to, you know, then the media as a whole, you know, it, it seemed like it really affected him. You know, especially with with his wife. You know, I think it's you know amazing that he didn't you know give it to anybody else on the team. You know, I, I hate to hear about the heart inflammation thing. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it was pretty much just once he wasn't testing positive anymore. You know, the Panthers do a variety. You know, making sure everyone's healthy and all that, and they just found that there was heart inflammation. So he was not testing. He was negative, testing negative for COVID nineteen and. You know, it was only there for a week, so I think it's he was a lucky one who, you know, it wasn't a longer, something he had to deal with more long-term, but we're seeing COVID-19 is impacting, has some connection to bigger athletes we're seeing. I mean, I'm not a doctor and I'm not trying to make any conclusions, but there has been a connection to heart issues and COVID-19, and I think he was very lucky that after a week they found that had inflammation had really died down, and, you know, they were able to make he was healthy and able to then work his way back into football shape and he started against the chargers so he he was able to do it but you know it's that kind of stuff that you don't hear as much about many of the nfl's players um about 70 percent of them and and 50 percent of them on the panthers you know are at risk for severe symptoms of COVID 19 because they have higher bmis and especially offensive linemen and defensive linemen and when you couple that with COVID-19, you tend to get more serious symptoms, which is probably why the heart inflammation issues, you know, came about and, and he experienced those symptoms. But, um, you know, it's good to hear that he's doing fine now, you know, for the team. And um, he's he's definitely going to be a key part of the Panthers going forward. They hadn't given, as an as offensive line, they hadn't given up a sack in two games. Is that correct? Was it three? Games, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, this is the first thing they haven't given up in sacks in two straight games since 2011. Definitely an improvement. And I mean, I think it's one of those things where like the Panthers, this coaching staff was super high on Chris Reed. I didn't think he was going to be this team starting left guard, but we're seeing that they have a lot of confidence in him. And, you know, it's cool to see someone he, I mean, he talked to me a lot about the fact, like, the mental battle he was going through while he was in quarantine because he didn't know if he'd made the roster. So, like, on top of everything yeah. else, he didn't know if he had a job when he, you know, got out of that. So, like, I can't even imagine. But I just think and now seeing where he is starting and healthy, I think it's really cool to kind of see. We have one more segment, and uh, it's a fun one. It's called West Trending. And we'll look at a few things that are trending uh, online and, and, and we'll talk about if it's an overreaction or an underreaction. The first thing that's trending, are the Panthers making a mistake by not tanking? What do, what do you think? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I'm still not 100% on like the, Teddy Bridgewater is the future of the Panthers train, but I mean, I don't think you can watch what Teddy Bridgewater's done this season and not be like, yeah, he should be their quarterback next year and maybe the year after that. He's just looked, I don't care what it, you can say, whatever about the system, he fits the system. That's what he's a quarterback supposed to do, fit well in the offensive coordinator system. That's their job. So, what I, ignoring all the talk about that, I think Teddy Bridgewater's looked great. And I think you tank if you feel like you don't have a quarterback you trust. And I think there's time for the Panthers to find whether or not Teddy's the quarterback of the future. And tanking for Trevor was not something Matt Rule was ever going to do. So no. I think mm-hmm. I think if they can play well, I think you play well. And tanking is just not what this team is doing. So, no, I yeah. don't think it's a mistake. I'm not a believer in tanking either. I don't, I don't really think that helps you really in the long run. You know, I don't, I don't think even if Teddy's not in the future, immediate future, I don't think that the Panthers necessarily have to get a quarterback this year. I mean, Teddy was signed to, uh, you know, a three-year deal. So, um, and he could still prove, you know, Teddy's 27. So he could still prove, he could still continue to get better and prove that he is that quarterback. I don't think he has now, you know, I think he still has some steps to go, but, um, you know, I don't, they don't have to tank, um, you know, to get better. Usually you can really, you can really get some good draft picks in that, first 16 picks, but, you know, I don't think they need a quarterback this year. Um, they can wait, and you never know what what may happen. Um, the next one is, and this is a funny one to me, are they better off without Christian McCaffrey? No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what I will say, I think this is a funny one, and, like, in all seriousness, no, I don't. But, like, I do think we're getting on the point where, you know, there's the whole part of Twitter and the internet where it's like, don't pay running backs, don't pay running backs. And I do think the Panthers are in a weird spot here where like, it looks bad, like just objectively, like if you're looking at numbers stuff, it does look bad how much money they're paying Christian McCaffrey when Mike Davis is doing a great job. Like there is something to be said for that, but I do think in the long run, Christian McCaffrey is a once in a, I would say once in a generation kind of player. He's just so good. And Mike Davis is not Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, come on now. This is that's an easy one. You know, Christian, Christian McCaffrey is a top five player in this league. Um, he's super young. He's going to be good for years to come. But I, I think, you know, 
the injury was a blessing in the skies for the Panthers because they know that he's not indestructible, no matter how well he takes care of his body. And he does take care of his body, but he's not indestructible. And you can't run this guy into the ground. You know, that's what the Panthers kind of did with Cam Newton. They let him take too many hits. And he ended up being injured for two years, and now he's not with the team. So, you know, I, I think what the Panthers need to do is, is find a way to use Mike Davis without reducing the role of Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, I think that this certainly helped. But the Panthers are in no way, shape, and form, shape or form be- better off without Christian McCaffrey. I do think, though, I will say quick that, like, the best thing about Christian McCaffrey's injury is that they're seeing really what they have in Mike Davis. And I, right. when you look at what Christian did last year, like obviously the 1,000 and 1,000 season is incredible and really cool that he was able to accomplish that. But he was on the field too much. Like I know Joe Brady said he thought that was a fair use of him last year and all that. But And Matt Rule has said similar things that they thought his use in 2019 was appropriate. But Like you just said, the wear and tear, use Mike Davis. Let Christian go off every – so every – you know, at least during the drive. Like, let him take a breather. Like, I think finding out that Mike Davis can do that and do it very well has been a huge huge thing for this team going forward. Yeah. And Christian is almost as effective as a decoy as he is a player. Like, people put so much attention to him. So they can do a little bit more of that too. Um, And the the last topic really isn't one we don't have to – discuss much, but it was very funny um, when um, Panthers offense lineman, right guard, John Miller, uh, discussed why he had the nickname Big Boosie. And I'll let you hear to this audio of him telling this story. So uh, uh, a little history of, of where the, the nickname Big Boosie come from. Uh, you know, that I, I was given that name in, in high school. At the time, I was, I was on JV. And I came out there with a haircut. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the rapper uh, Labusi, and he, he the way he wears his hair is it, it, it's kind of like a fade, if you know what a fade is. And so I walk out there with a the fade, and everybody like, like like yo like, well you you, you got that same haircut as that that rapper Labusi, and he was like, but you big as hell. We can't call you Labusi. We gonna call you Big Boosie. and and that's kind of how it came about. I was just dying laughing. I was just imagining like my high school classmates like talking to. You know, just giving this nickname to this one big guy on the field. And then I was just picturing it so much. So it was just, it was a hilarious story for me. And by the way, he added his fade was not high. It was not a high top fade. It's fairly low. And he didn't have any parts in it. So he kept it pretty simple. So I think that's important to know. You know, he was telling us how he calls Russell Kuhn ridiculous. And like, yeah. I just think he was very entertaining yesterday and someone who we don't talk a lot about. So he was a great, a great little Zoom press conference. That's our show. Thanks for listening to Panthers Tracks. If you like this podcast and want to see more projects like this, please subscribe to the Charlotte Observer's Sports Pass, where you get unlimited digital access to our sports section with our current deal for 99 cents for each of the first three months of your subscription. That includes coverage of the Panthers, Hornets, NASCAR, UNC Charlotte, all high school sports, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, NC State, and more. You can find the Sports Pass at charlotteobserver.com slash sportspass.